Hello, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to continue my conversation with Julian Wood, Senior Developer Advocate for the AWS Serverless Team. Julian, welcome back. Thank you very much. There was absolutely no chance of covering any, even a tiny bit of serverless in one uh, in one podcast. So we ran <laughs> over. Well, that's cool. Yes. There's cool stuff to talk about. So yes, uh, so glad to be back. Thank you. Exactly, exactly. So let's let's just jump right in. So let's just start breaking apart serverless on AWS. When I'm in the console, what are the tools that I can use as a developer? Yeah, certainly. D just quick, quick. Listen to the first uh, um, part of this podcast if you're wondering what the heck serverless is, why is it important, right. why would I even care about serverless? Uh, go back to that. Um, so yeah, you've gone back to that. Okay, so so yeah, we, obviously AWS has got you know I don't know loads of services. What what are the, what does serverless mean? So you know you may have heard of something like Lambda, AWS Lambda, and that's you know the sort of cool tech that we think of about serverless, and that's running serverless functions. That's code that you run. Uh, that uh, that you upload and AWS runs on your behalf has massive scale. Uh, you can run them in you know Python, Java, La um, Python, Java, uh, Ruby, Rust, .NET, Go. Uh, you know, literally, actually, any language. Some of them we right. we've got managed runtimes ourselves, but you can bring literally your own your own code, and it's just code you upload in the console or you upload in an infrastructure's code tool, and we will run that you know on your behalf. Uh, you know, all across the world at ridiculous scale as quickly as we can, and you don't have to worry about managing servers or how stuff gets to that. So that's Lambda. But there's also a whole bunch of other serverless goodies we also work with. We've got a managed API service called API Gateway for hosting APIs. You know, we've got messaging systems, and this allows you to move messages around for events and topics and queues and streams. Yeah, so I remember you know, doing uh, <laughs> SNS, Simple Notification Service, yeah. and SQS in mobile development yep, absolutely. years ago, because that part sucked, trying to figure out how to do notifications and, and things like that. But the ability to not have to worry about setting that up, to just send a notification no matter, reminds me of like Event Viewer in Windows yeah. Server that we yeah. were talking about in yeah, the other no, exactly. episode. And yeah. I mean, because the thing is, as you, you know, as your applications get bigger or more complex, or you want to use a managed service because it's really good at some kind of thing, but it's not going to be really good at everything, you're going right. to use different kind of different services. And you know, you could call that microservices. Uh, some of the microservices is going to be code. Some's going to be a managed database. Some could be a managed queue. But as soon as you're doing this, you're, you're going to have to move stuff around. And so things like SNS for PubSub and you know, SQS and EventBridge and Kinesis, you know, these are awesome tools for moving data around between your microservices, between your applications, between your uh, partners, between your customers, all this kind of thing. Then other th yeah, sorry, Dave, you were gonna jump in. No, I didn't I didn't wanna I didn't want to interrupt your vibes, cool. but this is and I don't mean this to sound promotional because I do sit in the developer tools organization within AWS. But there are services like X ray yep. that attempt to like how do you even debug exactly a and that's stateless you know yeah, like, we will get onto local development, but I mean you know that there are certain things when you are building for serverless that some stuff is way easier, but there's some stuff you're going to have to do differently. Right. And some stuff initially is going to be hard. So yeah, so yeah. yeah. So so go ahead, continue. continue. Yeah. So I was just talking about you know uh, you know uh, things like workflow or, uh, um, orchestration. If you have a transaction that needs to have retry logic or needs have it needs to have some paths where you go if uh, if this is true, head down that path. If this is true, head down this path. You know, connect to some kind of thing. And that uh, step functions is amazing for that. And really, I mean, step functions is 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 super cool. 
allows you to literally connect to anything. And then, you know, this connectivity to a myriad of other AWS services, you know, something like DynamoDB, uh, NoSQL database on steroids. It's just ridiculously powerful, ridiculously big, ridiculously scalable. That's also serverless, nothing to manage. You know, the, things like GraphQL, if you do GraphQL, we've got, a, you know, AppSync uses that. Uh, with that, uh, you talked about Alexa skills. It's obviously off, you know, super passionate in in your world. But I mean, yeah, anytime you're using Alexa, there's a Lambda function running in the background, but there's no Lambda logo or nothing you need to learn about much about Lambda for Alexa. It's just uh, it's just part of it. Um, but you know, uh, Fargate. So that's if you're doing containers. Uh, so that's you know, there's a bit more to do um, with, with Fargate to show you that all the infrastructure is abstracted, but it's you know, it's not as serverless sort of as Lambda. But if you're using containers and you Building with containers, and you're a developer, then you know Fargate could be a, a great on ramp. So yeah, so I mean that's sort of product wise, and I think is more and more things are becoming serverless as AWS and the you know the, the rest of the world starts to build things where you haven't got infrastructure to manage. It's just a database at the end of an API or a queue at the end of an API or some kind of service. You know, in a way they can all be serverless, which is sort of going back to that name where serverless is a can be a catch-all term, which frustrates some people, but uh, uh, but is also accurate. Yeah. So, because you talked about step functions, and you know, there's so much we could do an episode just on Fargate and API Gateway and all of these things. So, can you give? There's two things that like come to mind. One is I know for myself, and this is the same case with building Alexa skills. Is the local developer environment like as a dev, I just want to step through code and I, I you know, I want to add watches and look at variables and, and it's like, you almost need state, but in the stateless serverless application, <laughs> they can have so many different parts. How do you handle that? And maybe you could get into some like customer, like what does this look like in the real world? How are customers bringing these things together? Maybe it's something you've seen in the community. Maybe it's something you've seen in an account, but how does that all fit together and make it real? So I'm sitting right now in front of my computer. You know, I've got the AWS CLI open. I've got VS code open and I want to like actually know what the heck is going on in this thing that I'm building in real time. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm going to flip it around if you don't mind, and just because you're talking about sort of use cases. Yeah, um, please do. I mean, yeah, I mean, literally. I mean, the companies large and small are obviously using serverless, and I don't want that to sound marketing y, but it's, you know, things like iRobot is a massive serverless uh, user on yeah. AWS. So uh, think of them. I got a Roomba. You got a Roomba. Hopefully, it does a good job for cleaning, uh, cleaning it does. your space. But the cool thing is, think of on like a Christmas day, you know, loads That's of. That's not an endorsement, Roomba. by the way. Just we, we, we've had it for a while, and. Uh, <laughs> My cats like to play with it too. There we go. But think of their kind of workload. You know, that Roombas are busy all the time, but think of it on Christmas Day. Loads of people are getting Roombas for, for Christmas. Hell yeah. And they've got yeah. to turn on, I don't know, thousands, hundreds of thousands. They don't know how many Roombas are going to be turned on. And so because they use service te technologies, literally Christmas Day means nothing to them. It's just, not, well, service is super scalable. doesn't matter how many Roombas turn, turn on and register, job done. So that's the kind of thing. I mean, those are robots are clean, uh, and cleaning kind of things. Lego, I mean, I've got kids, they play with Lego. I still play with Lego. Um, you know, Lego's whole e-commerce site is based on a huge uh, on a huge amount of AWS services from Lambda and step functions and, uh, yep. you know, 
uh, EventBridge. So, you know, and then, you know, thinking enterprises, you've got Liberty IT, you know, insurance, Capital One banking. These are massive serverless users and they just see the, the benefit where they've got these teams of developers and they can just enable serverless internally and the developers just have this you know, playground of awesome things to do with, and they don't have to deal with what a lot of enterprises think of as this, you know, drudgery and hassle of filing tickets to get servers stood up and installing this and patching this and making sure this is all all working. You know, they they sort of do serverless. So um, those are the companies in terms of use cases. You know, lots of people building web applications. You know, data processing. If you uh, handling stuff that's coming from you know, be it IoT sensors or log data or you've got information in a database, you need to do some transformation or some moving around or whatever, you know, brilliant. Uh, IT automations, you know, things that are running on a schedule, you need to send a report out at midnight, you need to do a report on whether your uh, SAN snapshots uh, are there, you need to provision user accounts, you know, any kind of IT automation kind of stuff. So that's the use cases in some companies, but how does this sort of work in terms of a, a local development? You know, three different things I can quickly think of. You can go to the, if you want to actually write some code. So we have talked about our serverless connecting a whole bunch of different managed services. Cool, but you maybe want to write some code. You head to the Lambda console, uh, create a Lambda function, pick Node, Python, Java, whatever it is. Little console editor pops up and you type some code in and you can click test and you can run the code literally in the console. You know, that that's super easy to get going. Uh, you could use, if you don't want to, uh, if you then want a bit of a beefier development environment, you could use something like Cloud9, which lit literally is an IDE um, and a, a virtual machine to code on at the end of a browser. So within the AWS console, go to Cloud9, uh, spin up that virtual machine. It's going to have a whole bunch of, uh, you know, languages and coding stuff already built for you. Job done. So you don't need anything installed. Never yeah, and a bunch of node packages. So you yeah, can just yeah. jump in terminal. And day, including yeah. CDK and and because yeah. and and it's also on the AWS backbone, like stuff is going to be fast. You're not downloading stuff, yeah. uh, you know, of your internet connection. And but after 30 minutes, it'll shut the EC2 instance off, exactly. which has it's saved my cool. behind Builds. plenty of time. <laughs> and then you know, locally, uh, lots of people are writing code locally. Uh, things like with VS Code, um, we've got a um, a. a serverless framework, which is called um, the serverless application model, or SAM. It's got a cute little mascot as a squirrel. And this is a framework yeah. which basically runs, uh, there are two parts of it. One's a CLI to sort of interact with our services, and the other is a framework which basically uh, wraps up CloudFormation or generates CloudFormation. Uh, CloudFormation Transform is technically what it's called. And this yep. is super easy. You just you download SAM, and you know you can do it on Mac or Linux and Windows, whatever, and you just do SAM in it, and you say, oh, I want a Node or a Python one. Uh, what do you want to do? And it just builds quick scaffolding that you could uh, build a serverless application. And then what you can do is you can do SAM deploy uh, or SAM build, some just parts of SAM, and that'll upload that into the cloud, and off you can go. So all the scaffolding's there. It's in VS Studio code or whatever other terminal you're building. You can look at all the code, see exactly what the cloud formation looks like, uh, see anything. And you can start with a simple Lambda function or one that is behind an API, something like API Gateway or something. Um, we haven't quite spoken about, but you know, a huge power of serverless is called event-driven applications, where an event can be, uh, you know, a file uploaded to S3 or a, a change on a database or a something landing on a queue, and a Lambda function will automatically uh, kick off. You can set this all up in your local uh, in your local um, uh, development environment and just uh, upload that to the cloud, and it's uh, and it's done. Now, yeah, I remember that uh, back in the day, one of my first machine learning kind of examples was 
an image gets uploaded to S3, a Lambda function kicks off because it's been uploaded to an S3 bucket, and then it analyzes the image itself. And then it could do, so like, it'll say dog, cat. Yeah. Right? And I'm a, I'm a fan of both dog and cats. I grew up, grew up with both. Um, so I'm on, I'm on both of those, the, those teams there. But it was, it, and then it's, and you get into AI and ML, and it's like, the human mind is just amazing that we can, see a dog once in our life when we're little kids and then for the rest of our life differentiate. Although there's some, some animals that maybe are a little <laughs> bit harder to, to, to do it, but yeah, that event driven thing to me has always been fascinating uh, that it's, it's passive, you know, like things are happening and your code is just reacting regardless. Yeah. And that that's probably in fact, if serverless wasn't called serverless, it would be called event-driven computing or, or event-driven applications, oh, event-driven yeah. architecture. And that's actually, in fact, when Lambda was announced, it wasn't ever announced as a serverless thing. It was just announced as event-driven computing. And you know, serverless wow. is the term. You, came, see, came you heard it here, audience. I think that's a great piece. I've never heard that as long as I've been doing Lambda. And that makes perfect sense. Um, of how you're wiring it up. Because even when you're in Lambda and you, like you're going through the blueprints, you're connecting it to the service or event that's actually driving yeah. this. You've got an input, which is an event. You do some processing in your code and then spit that output to anything. Could be a, you know, could, yeah. could be a web page, could be another service, anything you want. It's very super, super flexible. Um, so yeah, so you can, you know, code locally. Uh, some kind of things are, some kind of things are going to be different. You know, some people like to do all their local development locally and they want to mock DynamoDB and they want to mock their RDS databases and everything. It's right. like, yeah, cool, but that's going to be hard because you've got to have these mocks. You've got to have all these kind of things. But the cool thing, when you've got many, when you've got something like AWS where literally everything is at the end of an API, what is the actual thing that you're trying to test? It's often just your code. Uh, you know, why don't keep your database in the cloud, keep your queue in the cloud, keep your step functions, your all these kind of things in the cloud, and iterate on your local development and just run your code. But your code can actually talk to a real live DynamoDB database or RDS database in the cloud, and so you can do that fast local iterative development just on your code to make sure that's right. But then you've got the full swath of AWS services behind you getting your back and so you can um, so you can code. And something that uh, the SAM has actually done recently is a, is a service called SAM Accelerate, which is super cool, which what it literally does is it synchronizes your local developing environment with the cloud. And so when you're developing a Lambda function, as soon as you hit save, that uh, Lambda function automatically gets synchronized just the code up to, up to AWS. It's not as slow nice. as cloud formation. It's pretty, you know, it's immediate. And then you, you can locally test that Lambda function or test that Lambda function in the cloud. And it's immediately there. And so to shorten that development loop is like super, super powerful. Um, so yeah, that, that's Man. a super cool, that's a super cool thing that's actually come out recently, uh, Sam Accelerate. So the big point. I'll to add that words, URL yeah. uh, mm, and people can check that out. Yeah, I think so big, it was like October, October is, November, we announced that. I think yeah, I remember that was announced. It. It's, I think it came when GA recently, but uh, I mean, it, it changes the way I, I, I build apps as well. But yeah, the yeah. Sort of big picture is your your development does change a bit with serverless, um, but it's in a powerful way, in a useful way that you no longer have to do everything locally. Uh, Basically, if you're using a lot of managed services and you're connecting to APIs, it means you're writing a lot less code with serverless, which is always a winner, uh, specifically the code that I write. You want to avoid as much of that as possible. So avoid code writing. Everyone feels that way. I'm sure your code yeah. is beautiful. Mm, we'll see. And then the code <laughs> you do write is, your, is literally your business logic, the, you know, the stuff that's unique to your yeah. business encapsulated in a Lambda function, maybe, or some other kind of places. So yeah, if you're doing local development, you iterate on that locally, but it's talking to, you know, 
everything in the cloud. And so you've got this sort of best of both worlds, I like to think of it. Yeah. And, you know, because developers don't live in a vacuum, uh, I want to throw CDK in here too. Yeah, definitely. Like how does CDK fit into all of this when you're you're writing these serverless applications? Yes. So ultimately, CDK, the Cloud Development Kit, uh, spits out CloudFormation and generates uh, generates infrastructure, generates uh, CloudFormation resources. SAM, which I was talking about before, generates CloudFormation and spits out uh, CloudFormation resources. So what's the difference? Well, CDK is written in a language you love and know. So you can use Node and you can use Python and you can use Java within your code to actually instantiate, to create um, AWS resources. So if you're a Node Node developer, you know Node or you know PyScript or Java, you can actually create uh, infrastructure as code, but infrastructure within code. So that can be super powerful and it's a sort of low barrier uh, to entry for a lot of people. And people, you know, people absolutely love CDK. Uh, SAM as well, not to get too too confused, SAM also allows you to use CDK within SAM. So, you know, it's not an either or kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, go for it. You know, if you uh, investigate CDK, investigate SAM, you know, this doesn't have to be AWS stuff as well. There's something called the serverless framework, which is, uh, you know, serverless.com, they run that. There's Pulumi, there's Terraform, you know, there are a whole bunch of infrastructure as code tools, which you can use to build serverless applications. And yeah, you know, just because it's AWS stuff doesn't mean you have to use the AWS tools, uh, you know, uh, pick pick the best tool for the job. Yeah, and there's you know CDK for Terraform, yeah, so exactly. you can actually use all of that too, um, and how it how it integrates. So, I what do you like? What I want the question that I want to ask is, what do you do? Like, I guess the best way I could say it is, what should every developer know that Julian's learned? <laughs> like, what do you <laughs> wish you knew before you took the AWS job? Because you've probably had to write demos, you've seen other things. What's that like you would even tell yourself? What would you tell yourself like two years ago? Like, don't mess time with this. Or like, what's that real world thing that if you were going to share with the audience right now that they should think about? Yeah, definitely. I mean, first, what you started at the very beginning of the the first part of this is is always be learning. So that's the thing is have curiosity, um, find a use case of something that you want to build, and then just go and explore. Because if it's a use case and something, and it could be silly, it could be an uh, Alexa skill, not to say an Alexa skill is silly, but a silly Alexa skill, you know, something like that, or you want to do a a web app. So you literally want to have uh, something behind an API, and it's going to spit out your name, or it's going to tell you the weather, or some something kind of that. If you're into machine learning or you're into sciencey cool stuff, then you know you're writing in Python. Well, you know, write a lambda function in Python that's going to do uh, do something. So, so that's the kind of thing. If I was to jump back a year and then look look back a year, um, really embrace what serverless means in terms of not having to look after the stuff that isn't your code. So if you're running, uh, you know, Nginx or you're running Apache or these kind of things, and you, you know, writing your own custom authorization code, or you're, you know, literally running your own API that you've built from scratch with, uh, you know, Lego bricks and tea leaves, you know, all that kind of stuff. Think of a mental model of how can I avoid writing uh, as much stuff as possible and use the managed services. Now, initially that may be hard because there's a lot of reading to do. There's a lot of uh, learning you're going to do, but once you've sort of learnt over that hump and you've done the initial learning, uh, you know you, you're going to be writing, being far more efficient in the apps you're going to do, and it's and it's going to be great fun because you're not going to be spending all your day making sure your Apache or your Nginx or your API or your queue or whatever or your uh, you know whatever you've 
put together is running, you're actually just going to be focusing on your code, and that's going to be way more fun and uh, and way quicker. Um, so, I mean, just if you want to learn about serverless, like there's a there is a workshop called Innovator Island where you literally uh, you can build the back end for a theme park and learn a little little bit about serverless. Oh, nice. And you, what it actually does, you, you, you can build it all yourself. You can then take photos on your phone, and it does some image processing, uses S3, uses Lambda, you know, helps to have a bit of a green screen, which will, which will help with that. But basically, you can do some image compositing and, you know, spits it out. And I mean, we've, I've run this uh, workshop many times. And oh, the yeah, I'm going, seeing it right I now. I built AWS. a web app. Yeah, I built a web app. I did that. So that's cool. And all the code's there to, um, uh, uh, to look at, yeah. I'll add this URL. This reminds me of, um, oh gosh, one of the dev tools, AWS Heroes, and I'm not doing him justice. Maybe it was Matthew Bonick. Um, one of them told me about, um, and now I'm now I'm gonna blank. What is? Oh, it's called. Uh, it's and you may know this. It's kind of like a. It's kind of like a a, a world builder. Valheim. There it is. Okay. Popped in my head. I so, yes. So there is uh, an AWS kind of starter package for setting up your own Valheim server. And uh, if nobody knows, it's kind of like Minecraft, but it, it's cool. Like you can, like people have built entire like Viking cities and it's a survival kind of, you know, and it's not as blocky and there's bosses and stuff in it. I love that kind of stuff where I get to just build something. Exactly. Yeah, it's so actually think... another workshop that's it's not out yet, but we're working on it. At reInvent last year, we did a Ooh, sort of demonstration first. Called, uh, called Serverless Espresso. And it was basically a real live coffee stand at reInvent where you could go up and get a free coffee, which was cool. But the yeah, whole ordering backend. was talking about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole backend was on serverless uh, using uh -huh. step functions and event bridge and uh, Lambda and yeah, loads of things. Uh, Amplify, which is also another serverless front end. Amplify is really cool. Yeah, we've had um, Amplify on. Yep. Yeah. Exactly, uh, with Ellie, and she's awesome. And so there's a, one of my uh, brilliant colleagues, Ben, is working on a, a workshop for this. And this is literally a whole sort of back end for a coffee ordering thing. And you go go to a web page, scan a QR code, um, nice. do your order, and then that spits out a ticket to a barista, and a barista can do that. They can say when the when the order's coming up, when the order's going to be done, and it does notifications on your phone. And it's just a, you know an easy, practical thing you can do. And it's going to yeah. teach you about event-driven applications. And, yeah, so that, that's going to be coming up. I I think Marchish April. So, um, okay, uh, for the millions of people that are going to be watching, uh, listening to this soon, that's another option. Yeah, and and you know, speaking, it reminds me too. Um, so I used to go into a lot of the AWS lofts, you know, in that other timeline that existed before COVID. I used to travel half the time, and you know, there was even these things called AWS pop up lofts. Yeah, and I remember going into these lofts, and there was. Oh gosh, why can't I think of it? It was like the genius bar, but I think we called it like the expert bar or, or SA bar or something like that where you can meet people. And right across from that, in every pop-up loft I was, but I know for sure it's still in the New York one, was beer as a service. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? I do know that, yeah. <laughs> simple beer service or something like that it was called, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, it was a... a you know, it's up to be responsible. It's up to every individual whether they want to consume alcohol or not. But it was just this cool idea that, you know, it's kind of a chill, cool space. People are there because they enjoy working in the cloud. And, you know, you're not at work. You're just in this really, there's beanbags around and there's like cool things on the wall. And you could grab 
a beer, but the, the, it was, it, uh, it, I, I think it was serverless, but it would actually show you how much consumption was taking place um throughout the day and i thought that was a real another really cool example yeah no that, that's a great thing and in fact we ran it at reinvent for i don't know it was three or four days of the expert uh, expo oh, did hall. You really? and i think there were over nearly two thousand coffees that were served um i mean this is a live you know production oh, web app over two thousand coffees served and i think it was under five dollars the whole thing ran for less than wow. five dollars <laughs> so yeah it was cool two thousand coffee served at reinvent that was probably just me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where you talked a little bit about Innovator Island and, and all these other things that are going online, where can people find you online? I'll add this to uh, the the rest of the the links. Yes. Yeah, um, and yeah. anything else that you haven't mentioned that's just got you excited oh. right now? Well, I mean, too. there's I mean, in the whole serverless space, is you know lo loads more stuff coming. Even to even to even off the top of my head, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, products, you know, Lambda's got even bigger Lambda functions, you know, 10 gig of memory and six virtual yeah. CPUs. There's more temp space coming, uh, you know, that you can build your fun Lambda functions from container images. So the container world and the Lambda world emerging, oh, nice. which is awesome. Uh, Graviton 2, you can run Lambda functions on Graviton 2. Save 34% on your money, job done. Uh, step functions, nice. it's got a visual workflow studio. So you can literally build step function state machine in a visual designer and there's your step functions done, like beautifully done. Uh, step functions connects directly with API Gateway, connects directly with EventBridge. Uh, it's got SDK integration. So step functions can call any AWS SDK. That's like 9,000 API calls. You don't even need a Lambda nice. function, no job done. Yeah. Spoke, spoke about Sam Accelerate. So I mean, that, that's a, like a, a blurt of product kind of stuff. Beautiful. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm literally, I'm, I'm super excited about the world of serverless because I honestly think, you know, it's still early days. I've never heard anybody who's tried to do something serverless and was like, you know what, this, this, this isn't the future. This yeah. isn't the way. And I mean, there are some things which are new, and so sometimes it can feel a little bit slow. But I promise you, no developer is wasting their time learning stuff about serverless um, <clears throat> because I honestly believe serverless and events, you know, is going to be the default way. We build servers in the future. The events is important because at the moment it's all sort of ports and sockets, and that's cool and easy. But you know, thinking events is going to be super cool. So yeah, uh, you know, loads of stuff going on. There's always uh, product feature things that are going to be coming out. But where you can find us, well, I mean, our serverless team. There's lots of places. I'm on Twitter, Julian underscore Wood. I'm on LinkedIn. Happy to connect around that. From a whole sort of team perspective, we've got a, a landing site called serverlessland.com. Yeah. So that's got blogs and videos and learning paths and tutorials and literally as much that's going on in, in the service, uh, service kind of world, uh, you know, uh, community and the industry and people are a huge passion for me as well. So, you know, we speak at uh, conferences that can be virtual, you know, sometimes even going to be physical. Who, who would have thought of that? <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. They're, you know, reInvent presentations. I did two reInvent presentations. One of them's online on sort of best practices uh, of serverless developers. So, you know, Ooh, that, I love that. that. Yeah. Can... Send me that best practices. <laughs> oh, serverless me, well, no, that, that's quite a deep dive. That's like 400 levels. So if you sort of want the good, good, yeah. of information, uh, that's it. Um, every single week we do serverless office hours. So that's 6 p.m. Pacific time. That's uh, Sorry, 10 a.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. in London time, and then whatever other times across the world. That's an hour every Tuesday. Serverless office hours, we have somebody who will present who's a, an expert on something, and then nice. we're there to take your questions. So yeah, that's uh, we're getting, uh, you know, that, getting great feedback on that. People are loving that. So that's, you know, if you, if you want to ask your questions, you want to find out about things, um, serverless office hours, and that's on the AWS Twitch channel. It's on serverless land YouTube channel and also on LinkedIn live. 
Um, and yeah, reach out. I'm happy to be a you know a public person. Reach out, ask me questions. Um, uh, you know, happy happy to spread the word. Happy to tell you what's and all what's going on. I'm uh, not just a a spokesperson who's going to tell you all the good <laughs> things. Yeah, there's new stuff to learn. It's exciting though. Um, yeah, but yeah, let's... and it comes across. I, I appreciate you coming on. Oh, thank taking you. The time. Uh, hopefully, this was helpful for the audience. I I certainly learned some things, and your passion does come across so thank you for everything you do i'm a, and, I'm a big for, podcast know. listener as well so I, I love podcasting you know if you go for a run or you don't do any exercise or you go for a walk or you're listening on the couch yeah the podcasts are an awesome way to to get some info yeah podcasts and audiobooks that's where it's at for me still even with yeah. even less commuting it's just you just i feel like my conversations outside of meetings i feel like are less and less without the events yes. so just being i feel like i'm part of it you know and I, and I learned so and thank you for all your great great feedback super appreciate it no pleasure and enjoy yeah keep going with the podcast it's awesome i get to thank learn. you <laughs> <laughs>